0: All right, here we go, episode 90 of Nothing to Say, the Fan's Podcast. We're only a couple episodes away from episode 100. I just was realizing that as I was writing the show, uh, show just sheet that I have, my little cheat sheet for today's show, and uh, Sam, we're getting close to episode 100. I, it doesn't feel like we've been doing this for that that long.
1: You know, it's probably because of all the breaks we're taking. We're really taking that time for ourselves, uh, really... <laughs> Making sure we're up up to date. It's all about it's all about personal health, man. You know, hey, at the end of the day,
0: it's quality over quantity. And I feel like we're just putting out the best quality show. We really are.
1: And we have little to know of both, you know.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> um, so you came back to SAC for a couple days. It was good to see you. How was it? Oh, it was awesome. You know
1: what? It was too short. Wish, uh, wish I was there right now. It's been rainy, uh, just, just awful here in Eugene.
0: So we, I'm, I don't know if anybody stayed to the end of last episode, but if they didn't, then they missed your car story. Have we gotten a conclusion from the car story?
1: a uh, conclusion? No, it's more of like an ongoing, ongoing thing. You know, uh, I don't even think I did the story justice the first time, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of grown up, man. It's, it's a lot of maturing just on the fly. I do. I wish I could have just been worried about my homework and worried about, um, work, but now I got to worry about how I'm supposed to get to work each and every single day. And it's like, well, I did not need this in my life, you know?
0: Well, like short 30 second version for people who, who didn't hear the story.
1: Yeah, so pretty much, uh, someone uh, shimmied under my car, cut off a pretty important piece from it that I now uh, m- pretty much makes my car not usable anymore. Um, which kind of sucks. And uh, so now um, I either got to get it, like I, I got to get it fixed and potentially sell it, or to get a new one, or to get it fixed and use again. It's just it's just a whole lot that I didn't need. Right now, I, th- I feel like I'm growing gray hairs. My mom was cutting my hair when I was home, and she was like, oh, I found a gray hair. Oh, I found another one. I'm like, you know, it's probably the car. Yeah, truthfully. It's the whole, it's the whole car ordeal. I, I kind of liken it to what the Lakers look like in the middle of the year. You know, say yeah. the the Lakers were my car, and they're just missing pieces. They're missing, say, LeBron's the the engine, right? he's the He's the major engine part. My car's just battered uh anthony davis is uh the tires they break and get busted open all the time and he's injured all the time so yeah my car right now is the lakers
0: during the middle of the year well i feel like that is a uh a good way to put it in that sense um, you know
1: always gotta tie it back to sports that's what you guys are here for three minutes in we already talk about sports let's go
0: yeah so let's keep it rolling um we haven't done the What We Learned segment at the beginning of the show uh, in a very long time. So I really do want to make that a point to, to start the show off because I think it's a it's a good jumping-off point for conversation. So I'll start it with uh, – I have two for you guys today. So as far as what we learned, the first one, um, I'd say the NBA play-in tournament uh, was a smash hit. It did exactly what it was designed to do. And I don't think that the NBA, when in creating – the play-in tournament, was expecting to get what they got, which was the Warriors versus the Lakers in the play-in tournament, which I think was a dream scenario for the NBA. And that turned out to be obviously the best game. Held the Spurs and Grizzlies game was actually really entertaining as well. The Celtics game, and I call it the Celtics game because they were in complete control over the Wizards the entire game. It may not have been the most competitive game, But you had a great, a great performance from Jason Tatum. He had 50 points in that game. So he was fun to watch. And then the Hornets and the Pacers game, that really wasn't all that fun. But... um, Well,
1: it was fun if you're a Pacers fan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I guess at least in all three of those games, minus the Pacers one, you can point to something positive that happened. The Celtics, you had a, a great playoff performance from... Jason Tatum, and you had a bunch of stars in that game. Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum. And then the Spurs-Grizzlies game, which, again, wasn't a very high-profile game, but it ended up being really competitive. And it, I mean, it came down right to the very end. And then the Warriors and the Lakers game was obviously the one everybody wanted to see, and it, it, mm. it delivered in, in every single way possible. And we'll get more into that as we go along. But if the play-in tournament is here to stay, which I think it is, and – uh, I heard something on ESPN the other day that talked that was talking about the idea of a mid-season tournament maybe showing up later on down the road. Um, I, I'm all in for it. I, I enjoyed the playing tournament, and that's sort of just my opening thought about the playing tournament. Did you Did you enjoy it at all? Um,
1: it's lucky that the Warriors Lakers game happened the way it did. You talked about that pitcher perfect scenario for the NBA that they couldn't have even possibly planned for to see Steph Curry the LeBron James game seven to get straight into the playoffs. Like, that is a perfect scenario for this play-in tournament when you have the two biggest stars that the league has to offer and they're on that main stage. The three other yeah. games, uh, not going to lie, if this game turned out like those, I would have said that the play-in tournament was not – what we were sort of promised as an excitement. I just think the Eastern side was not very captivating at all. Um, and really just the product of play wasn't, wasn't up to standard. I mean, the Celtics, yeah, you talk about Jason Tim's 50, but the Celtics have been so inconsistent this year and they should not have been in that, you know, as they should have been one of the big powers and, um, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, no, I'm good. I was just like, okay. I
1: didn't, I didn't know if it got, I didn't know if it cut out. I'm getting like a bunch of freaking notifications right now. My phone is, you know, just Mr. Popular over here. My phone is I just blowing so. up. But I don't, I don't want to happen. What, what happened uh, last week with uh, Josh? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I got booted from yeah. the, from the anchor. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, hmm, I don't know how they're gonna grow this play in tournament. Uh, I think the quality of play really has to get up there. It, it would have it been nice to see. It's nice to see a team like the Grizzlies get an opportunity to make the playoffs because they've really played well this year um, in back-to-back years and have really played well enough to make the playoffs that it's nice that they get an opportunity, but it, it, it would have been nice to have an equally uh, worthy team match up with them, you know? In the right. in the Spurs, you know, so that's that's sort of my thoughts with it. It's and it, for just the the actual basketball implications. Lakers, you got away with one. They the Warriors almost caught you sleeping in this one game, but you got away with it, and now you can focus on this playoff run. It would have been worst case scenario if the Lakers lost this game and were forced to play. A desperate Memphis team uh, tonight. Yeah, no, see, tomorrow. So, night.
0: Uh, let me check. Yeah, the it's Memphis, Friday. Yeah, okay. the game tonight is Pacers Wizards. Um, mm. So, okay, so that was going to be that. I'm glad you said that because that sort of transitioned me into into the second point that I had for for what we learned, and you know, you said. You know, they, they almost caught the Lakers sleeping. And I'll go, as far, I'll go as far to say that right now, as it's currently constituted, um, with the health of the Lakers, that has been such a question, and LeBron just coming back and AD coming back, the Lakers right now are going to be the most vulnerable that they are going to be throughout the entire playoffs in this first series. If, if anybody has a chance of knocking the Lakers off, you're going to have to do it in the first round because right now, everybody's coming back. You, you saw it last night. AD didn't look that um, – he didn't look 100%. LeBron didn't look 100%. They needed the help of their team to win that game as opposed to just being the LeBron and AD show. It's because they're not 100% healthy. They've been banged up the entire year. Now, they're going to get healthier. They're going to get their legs back but it may take a series. So I think your best shot at knocking the Lakers out is going to be early in the playoffs. Cause once they get their momentum, then, then I, I don't, I don't think any team is going to, is going to stop them. So if, if you have any chance of knocking the Lakers out, you have to do it right now. The suns have to do it right now because if they get through the suns and they look good doing it, they're going to run through the West. They're going to run through the West. Um, the but,
1: Suns just don't match up well against the Lakers.
0: No, no, they don't. They don't. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying I expect the Suns to do that. What I'm saying is that if there was any team, I mean, if there was ever a time to knock the Lakers out, mm-hmm. it has to be right now. When they're just coming back, they're just getting healthy. You need to catch them in that sort of like morphine phase before they get into, you know, what they truly can be.
1: And it's it's really weird how the Lakers' rotation was set up this uh, for this game, which you would think sort of forecasts what they're planning for the rest of the playoffs. It was a super tight rotation. I think it was only like a seven- or eight-man rotation. But you had uh, a guy like THT who's been playing well in big moments for this team while they've had Schroeder out and had LeBron out. He only gets six minutes in, and you have Mantras Harrell, who was the sixth man of the year last year. Yes, he's having an off year, but LeBron's back, AD's back. Like these guys can facilitate to Harrell and really get the best out of his game, and he only plays ten minutes. And you you have a sharpshooter off the bench, like Ben a guy coming off the bench like Ben McAmore, who doesn't get a single look this entire game. I it's just it's a little mind, it's a little head scratching, Jason. I don't get it. If I'm a Lakers fan, I'm probably a little worried because it looks like Frankie V is in over his head. The man needs to start, Benny Mack.
0: <laughs> so let's, let's, dive, let's dive into this game um, and exactly, exactly what happened last night. So just – I'm sure you all know by now, but the final score was 103-100, Lakers over the Warriors. So I'll just read you some stats from the game just to give you an idea. Uh, Golden State actually shot a better percentage from the field and the three-point line. They were forty-four percent from the field. The Lakers were forty. Golden State was forty-four percent from the three-point line. Forty-four percent, and they actually not only that, but they made five more than the Lakers. The Lakers were thirty-two percent. The rebounding, and you know that was that was one of the things that was a big talking point for this game was the fact that the Lakers are just so much bigger than the Warriors. Well, it didn't really matter all that much because the rebounds were 46 to 49. It was in favor of the Lakers. But I mean, with the size of the Lakers have, you know, I would, I would have thought that that would have been a much more, a much bigger difference.
1: Well, you don't get a rebound when you take it right out of the center of the bucket, you know, when it goes That's through true. the netting.
0: That's true. Um, So the Lakers actually, where they won this game was in three different places, okay? Free throw line? So The free throw line. So they did make, so yeah, so they did have eight more free throws, but I was actually... Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, so I was actually looking at um, a couple couple other, really just these two right here. So the Warriors turned the ball over 20 times. 20 Mm. times just to the Lakers 11, and then... On the other side of that, the Lakers had 27 assists while the Warriors only had 19. Normally, typically, stereotypically, for the Warriors over the past couple years, that assist number you'd think would be flipped, probably 27 in favor of Golden State. Um, but obviously, that it's a different team. But so this is going to bleed me into the point that I want to make here with the lake with. Um, Golden State having 20 turnovers. You had mentioned it earlier that the Lakers got away with one. Mm-hmm. And they really did. And they owe a lot of that to Alex Caruso. And it's not because he had the most <laughs> mind-boggling numbers, and I know you're laughing. But hear me out.
1: Well, I just I just snickered a little bit. It wasn't like a laugh. it wasn't a, a bellow. Oh, Listen, ho, ho.
0: Listen, LeBron was the one who had 22 points, 10 assists, 11 rebounds. Anthony Davis had 25 points, 12 rebounds. They played really well. But even if you're watching that game, you can tell that that was not LeBron's greatest game and that was not Anthony Davis's greatest game either, which I not saying I'm not holding that against them. They're coming off of injury. Caruso was And again, he didn't have a mind-boggling stat line. He had 14 points, 2 assists and 3 rebounds, but where his value was was on defense. He was he was an absolute pest on defense. Running around with Steph running around with any guard that they had out there. He was making great passes throughout the entire game. Honestly, just his energy on both ends of the floor. I felt like there were situations where the Lakers were down and Caruso was the one to get to get that quick steal to Mm -hmm. make that deflection they had they had there was actually literally i don't remember which announcer said it but they said man i don't know why they have caruso guarding um i think they had him guarding like wiggins or
1: something yeah or
0: pool they were like yeah he needs to be guarding steph that's their best matchup they switch the very next play caruso is on steph and he picks steph and it bounces off steph steph's knee and it's a turnover it was the Mm -hmm. very next play he was so vital on defense i can think of two two plays just without even really diving into it where he stole the ball straight from steph he had that pass to anthony davis at the end of the game um, Mm -hmm. that led to that that led to a dunk it was such a great pass he was honestly the extra push that pushed the Lakers over the hump. If A D and the Lakers were if A D and LeBron were gonna be like match Golden State, they needed one other player to sort of push them over. They didn't get it from Schroeder. Schroeder had a really rough game. Caruso Mm -hmm. gave them that just extra tiny little bump that they needed to get over the Warriors. And without him I think they lose that game.
1: Yeah. So it makes sense. Can't argue with anything there. I mean even LeBron said it after the game nodding uh when asked the importance of caruso i mean yeah big part you need contributions like that if you're a uh, especially this late in the year in playoff time you need contributions from everyone
0: mm-hmm, absolutely and another thing i would like to say about this game can we okay so you and i need to talk about what happened with lebron and getting hit in the face during okay that get... did you did you see that play
1: no, I didn't see uh, let me let me look at. It. I saw it, I so I watched the highlights of the game after and I couldn't get a nice view of what had happened.
0: So he I mean he just got he got it was a hard foul. Right. And his,
1: Draymond and his baby, dirty?
0: Uh no. <laughs> it,
1: was, <laughs>
0: it was not a, it was not a dirty play. Um and I'm glad that they didn't call it a flagrant because it it wasn't a flagrant. But he's – I mean, he's rolling around on the ground. He's rolling around on the sideline. He's, it, it looks like he just got, like, stabbed. And he's just – he, he seems so dramatic in – and I'm not going to say he wasn't in pain. But he comes out onto the floor and he looks at all of his guys. He's like, dude, look, I can't see. I can't see. Proceeds to drain a couple free throws. Doesn't come out of the game.
1: Didn't he have a concussion? His eye was, like, messed up. He can only – you can only see like seventy-five percent or something.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't like.
1: <laughs> that's what I heard after.
0: Yeah, I, I, have, <laughs> the, I have no idea.
1: The uh, the he could, he only he saw three rims or something.
0: Yeah, that is yeah, that's yeah. the point that I'm trying to get to. He said he only saw three. He saw three rims when he was shooting that final three from like all the way across the continent. I was like, "There's no." way in the world that you're seeing three rims and you just net that shot come on what a shot though oh it was a phenomenal shot it was a phenomenal shot but don't don't immediately turn around and say i can't see a thing or i'm seeing three rims i don't buy that for a second because if there was something genuinely wrong with your vision If you truly were seeing three rims, you wouldn't be out there. You wouldn't be out there. You would be tending to your eye.
1: But he's the GOAT.
0: That doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) That just goes to show how how good he is, dude.
0: Okay, the Oscar goes to... He's
1: not a mortal man. He got poked to the eye, dude.
0: What do you want? I know, and I'm saying that that's fine, and that's valid that he was in pain. But to say that he can't see... And, like, if he genuinely was having that much trouble seeing, he wouldn't be out there. You just wouldn't be. You'd be tending to your injury.
1: I don't know why you're getting on this man's case.
0: I'm I'm just saying, it was a little dramatic. It was a little dramatic for my taste. All right, how
1: about this? When I see you next, I'll poke you in the eye, and let's
0: see what happens. (laughs) Well... Yeah, you know what? If I see three rims, I won't go back out and play <laughs> because something will be genuinely wrong with my eye, and I need to get it fixed. There's a difference between dealing with pain and dealing with an injury. If you are really seeing three rims, that's an injury. Oh. That's not just pain. Wait, how is that not a flagrant? Because Draymond didn't wind up; he just put his hands up. But he it was just a hard foul.
1: He didn't go. He didn't go for the ball.
0: I think he did go for the ball and LeBron just kind of jumped into his hands a little bit. It's not like he swung for LeBron's face.
1: It looks like he just presses his both his hands into his face.
0: Now again, I don't think he was aiming for his face. I think just the way that the play broke down, he was just jumping and he hit he got hit in the face. It was a hard foul. I didn't I didn't see anything and I was sitting there and I didn't think it was Worthy of being any sort of flagrant. And I'm glad they didn't call it a flagrant. He didn't wind up. It didn't look like any vicious intent with. I
1: feel like I've seen not as hard fouls that hit someone in the face be called a flagrant. Just because it's in the face.
0: Hit in the face. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Thanks. CJ
1: McCollum calling. Did you see that?
0: With what? (laughs) CJ McCollum tweeted
1: about it. He was saying, "Actor of the Year." I'm going to sleeve three rims, laughing face. Isn't oh, CJ yeah. McCollum a big flopper though?
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his game well enough to. I'm
1: pretty sure he's a big flopper.
0: So with that game, the Lakers move on to play Phoenix, and that'll be Chris Paul versus LeBron James. That'll be fun. Golden State is going to move on to play Memphis. And then in the East, Boston is going to play Brooklyn. And then Indiana is going to play Washington for that uh, eight seed.
1: Man, if only Jalen Brown was healthy, that Boston-Brooklyn series would have been pretty nice.
0: That would be fun. That would be fun. So predictions for the Golden State-Memphis game and the Indiana-Washington game.
1: Uh, Give me Golden State. Give me... How could you not go Indiana? I think. I
0: know. I was. I was thinking the same thing.
1: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Washington just because I feel like Beal and Westbrook late have a higher chance of taking it over than Brogdon and Sabonis.
0: They definitely have more star power than Indiana. Yeah. But I don't know. Indiana's coming up. Five. I'll stick with Indiana. I'll, you know, we'll just roll just to be just to be different, and we'll just have a, a difference in that game. Uh, but oh, yeah, I don't. I it. don't see. Yeah, I don't see Golden State losing to 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 Memphis. Especially. Yeah, I don't
1: see. Uh, I don't see Steph letting that happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if if that ends up happening, we'd have the West series. It would shake out as such. It would be Utah, Golden State, mm-hmm. Clippers, Dallas. Denver mm. and Portland and Phoenix and the Lakers. What do you got as the best series in the West uh, if it shakes out the way that we're predicting it to?
1: You know, I'd love to see. I would love. To, so I think the best series is Dallas Clippers because of how that didn't they go? They went six last year. And I think oh, – I don't know if Dallas is better. Well, I just think luka's playing better than he was last year. And it would be nice to see him in the playoffs again. It would be really nice to see uh, the Clippers if they can bounce back, right? Yeah. Um, I think Golden State-Utah has to be one of the best 1-8 matchups we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I was going to point to that as maybe being the best series.
1: Yeah, because you could see – I could see Steph averaging close to 40 Mm -hmm. in this series. And that would just be so fun.
0: And I believe is Utah – I don't – is Utah fully healthy? Donovan Mitchell just came back. Um, I know he he didn't play against the Kings – which
1: which didn't matter.
0: No, it didn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, is Donovan Mitchell like totally back? I
1: yeah, I think he's he's playing.
0: Okay. Okay. Well with the Jazz being fully healthy, I think that Golden State is gonna have a really tough time getting out of that, but I think you're right. That is a very good one eight matchup. Um mm-hmm. I think the, the nice thing is is that looking at all of these teams, I feel like each series has a reason that you could point to being, oh, this is going to be a great series because X, Y, and Z. Except
1: uh, for Portland-Denver. That's probably the snooze fest.
0: Mm, I don't <laughs> know. <'cause>, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Denver, Denver. they um, – I mean, Murray not playing because he's he's obviously out that. That's a, right. of a bummer. That takes out some intrigue there.
1: Do you, um, who do you think is – who do you think's gonna win that matchup? Because that definitely I if anything, the fact that Murray is out and he was such a big proponent of their uh success last year in the postseason, getting them to the Western Conference Finals, like he was at times the man over Jokic.
0: You know, it's funny because I think the last I'm looking at it right now. So okay, so the last game of the season for both of them was against each other, and Portland won one thirty-two to one sixteen. Um
1: was everyone playing?
0: Uh, I believe with everyone playing, so the Trailblazers, yeah, they had Dame, they had CJ, Melo played, and can't yeah. So the Trailblazers had everybody in, and then uh, Denver, Denver looks like they went with a very deep lineup, um, a very deep lineup. So maybe maybe the Nuggets weren't playing everybody. I can try to go back a little bit. Okay, so April twenty first, but was Mitchell playing then? Mitchell. I'm sorry. What are you Murray. talking about? Or Murray. Um, yeah. Murray, was not, Murray was not playing when they played in April. And the Nuggets won by one point. I think uh, Portland actually matches up pretty well with Denver. Because I think Portland can throw some size as well at Jokic. Nurkic, Cantor. Yeah. So you have a couple guys that you can throw at Jokic, and Jokic is obviously going to be, you know, the focal point. I actually think it's a bad, probably a, a worse matchup for Denver because they have to contest with Dame and CJ.
1: Without Murray – who are they running with now? At Are they running with Torrey Craig as their
0: – So they're at least the starting lineup that they rolled out on Sunday. They had Austin Rivers and – um, I don't even know who this is. He's an Argentine professional basketball player, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, it's just another segment of Jason botching everybody's name.
1: Well, you didn't botch him because you didn't invent it, so
0: yeah. I think it's
1: Austin Rivers is playing for Denver.
0: He's been on like four teams since getting cut from Houston,
1: or since he resigned. Who did he sign with? He signed with someone.
0: Is Will Barton playing? I think he is. I don't know. He didn't play so he played when they played Portland in April, but he wasn't he's not listed as playing against them against Portland in on Sunday, so
1: I see I see Portland even though they're playing they played so bad to end the year, I see them winning this in six.
0: I, I could yeah I wouldn't be surprised if if Portland uh, pulls this out. Um they it's, I think it's a better matchup for them over the long haul than Denver just because of their guards and they can throw some size at Jokic. That yeah, r- they Murray just being out is is bad. It really
1: Denver is hinging on Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon picking up the offensive slack.
0: Yes.
1: Which Portland has no answer for those two. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is lengthier than Derrick Jones Jr., <laughs> which is yeah. is saying so much. And what you're going to have mellow guard Gordon, I guess. I guess.
0: Which speed wise, that's not even
1: well. Strength, what like everything wise, that's true. Is not a good matchup. So
0: I. That's the only
1: definitely the bigs and the forward positions Denver has, but this is a guard driven league and. Portland has two guards better than Denver, so.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think the West is going to have a really good series. So if it shakes out the way that we're looking in the East, and we don't have to spend too much longer on this, it'll be Philly and either, well, the so we have a different Washington or Indiana, so we'll see how that shakes out. But then it'll be New York and Atlanta, Milwaukee and Miami, and then Brooklyn and Boston. I think uh, the New York-Atlanta series is going to be really fun.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you have i think atlanta is like a top 10 offense all time that it um this this year has had some of the best offensive numbers in nba history it was like i don't know six or it's like anywhere between six to eight of like the best offensive seasons ever clippers
1: dallas atlanta
0: yeah they're they're all up there so you have you have Atlanta as a very offensive-driven team, and then you have New York, who is a very solid defensive team. I mean, when you have Thibodeau, I mean, you're, that's what you're gonna get.
1: Yeah, they were top four this year for the longest time.
0: Yeah, because. so you have you have strength against strength, and then you have an emer- two emerging stars. You have Julius Randle, and then you know Trey Young as well. So I think that's gonna be. For me, I think that's going to be the series that I'm going to be paying the most attention to. And good for New York, man. Seriously. Mm-hmm. For getting getting a home playoff series and being yeah. the fourth seed in the East, that's fantastic. That is fantastic.
1: Yeah, what a turnaround. Um, uh, what's his name? James Dolan just shutting people up <laughs> with yeah. the Knicks play in spite of his ownership. Yeah. Um, I still think Brooklyn, Boston, just because even if we're not getting a good Boston showing, it'll be so – it's just so interesting what we're going to see from Brooklyn. They could either be the Golden State KD team or the um, the Lakers, Dwight, Kobe, Pau team. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, it's definitely whichever one they're going to be. Either way, it's interesting.
0: What's a dream scenario Eastern Conference for the NBA? Because if I had to put money on that, I'd say it's Brooklyn, New York.
1: I don't know. So I think we're a year away from I – know, I know New York is definitely a big market, but I don't know because of their quality of play over the years that that necessarily means that they're a more recognizable brand for the NBA than, say, a Philly – a Milwaukee and a uh in a Boston. Like yes, I get I guess you, you get the Mecca of New York and that media and that pushing and I guess I'm totally underestimating that power, but they're still not to me, one of the most recognizable brands for the NBA right now, just because they've been so bad for so long.
0: Well and I think well and part of the reason that I'm <laughs> that I'm saying this is because I think what you can paint if you're the media is I think you can paint this like hero versus villain kind of story because I think a lot of people are loving to hate Brooklyn because of the ways that they've gone about building the team and they have these three stars who haven't been playing together and they've been talking as if they don't care about the regular season and that they know they haven't played together. Then they're just going to turn it on and run through everybody. And I think that's rubbing people the wrong way. And then you have, this New York Knicks team who's been so bad for so long. They have a new regime in there. They have a young emerging star and they're doing it the right way. They're playing they're playing complete basketball and they're this like young and up and coming team. And I think you can sort of paint this hero versus villain perspective if you have the New York versus Brooklyn matchup. Obviously, if you have Milwaukee, you know, you have Giannis and the Bucks, who are trying to break through, which they just can't seem to do. Philly, obviously, is the number one seed, but right. I think there's just an interesting storyline that you can paint if you're the New York media, if you have the Brooklyn versus the Knicks series. Obviously, I think there are a handful that would work, but to mm-hmm. me, that just seems really fascinating.
1: Yeah, I, when you initially posed it, I, I thought immediately of Philly, Philly-Brooklyn, because I yeah. think Philly, in that way, is a darling as well. They've... They've come from trust the process to now being the number one seed. Joel Embiid is not a hated figure by any means. I don't know of anyone that thinks of him as even a controversial figure. Um, and he even is like this up and coming star for the NBA. And you got that team on the court is playing the best basketball of anyone in the East. So you want to see, Team that's playing the best versus a team that could potentially be playing the best. I think that would be the best for um, the NBA.
0: Yeah. Well, I think what this boils down to is that the NBA has a couple couple different scenarios that would probably be really good for it. Um, yeah, there's a lot
1: of good teams. We're no longer in the uh, Miami versus whoever or Cleveland versus whoever in the East. We're now in like, oh, I could see Miami. Uh, this current Miami regime make it and that'd be interesting or Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And yeah, it's just, it's definitely interesting to the East now.
0: And I know that people are saying Brooklyn is just going to run through the East and in all likelihood that that there's a very good chance that that is going to happen. But I feel like they're going to have some pushback from more than just one or two teams. Like I feel like, I I wouldn't be surprised if Boston gave them a run. And Milwaukee and Miami, I could see them giving them fits. And even New York, I could see them giving them fits. Atlanta is a very offensive German team. So if Brooklyn's going to score, Atlanta can score. Philly, also a well rounded team. So I feel like there are a handful of teams that you could. Well, I just pretty much ran through all of them. <laughs> that, that, that the, wizard,
1: the Wizards, I can see. Indianapolis,
0: yeah. <laughs> I can see. Yeah, but you have all these different reasons why they could trip up Brooklyn and Brooklyn because they're so offensive heavy. I mean, man, if two of them are having if two of those guys are having an off night, they're in trouble cuz they ain't playing defense right now. Now that might change once the playoffs start, but as they're currently constituted, they have not been playing any defense at all, and that might not matter or maybe they'll turn it on. I don't know. But if they are just going to be really offensive heavy, they're going to lose a few games because You know, one or two of the guys are just going to be off, and then it's just not going to be their night. Right. So they're going to need defense to win to win these games. What the common, the thread of commonality between all of the champions over the past like twenty years, minus like one or two, I think, has been they've had a top ten defense, and Brooklyn is like bottom third of the league in that category. So. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think they'll
1: turn it up. Those guys are all, they all know what needs to be done to win.
0: Most likely. Most likely. But, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll just have to see. We will just have to see. see. So, um, yeah, so tonight, uh, at least when we're, as of recording this, um, it is Indiana and Washington. And then tomorrow, which will be the day that we will be releasing the episode, it will be Golden State Memphis. And then by the time we get back on the show next week, we'll have a couple a couple of games that have been played in the playoffs and we'll be able to dive more into it. I love talking about NBA playoff basketball. That is one of my favorite post-seasons. I do really love the NBA post. I know I've been hating on the regular season, which it it deserves. But the playoffs, I love NBA playoff basketball.
1: You deserve some hate.
0: I'm sure I do. (laughs) I'm sure I do. I'm probably going to get some hate for the list that I've thrown together. So let's transition into some NFL talk. After the draft, Sam and I said we were going to do a a power ranking of the best teams after the 2021 NFL draft. So we put that list together today. This isn't based on necessarily – what we think is going, we'll do a division re like we'll do division winners and we'll make our predictions for the seasons later on. But this Mm -hmm. is just right now a very early, early power rankings for the best teams in the NFL right now. And truthfully, dude, I sat here and I did this list for about 20, 25 minutes. And while I feel fairly good about it, if, if I had to lay down a bet, for how um accurate I think this is going to be I I don't feel good about it. I feel like oh, there are God. so many teams. I feel like there are so many teams that I left out mm-hmm. or so many teams that in just the order that I've thrown them in that I just feel like okay, well they could be six slots lower than this, but I have them six slots higher just for X Y and Z. Um mm-hmm. so I, like I don't feel great about this list.
1: No, I don't um definitely later so if you think about it 14 teams last year the playoffs right yeah so we're doing a top 10 list so we're already cutting out four of those teams and then we're adding into the mix the teams that substantially got better this year so now we're trying to fit 17 teams into a 10 team (laughs) uh stand like a 10 team top 10 as it just got weird towards the towards the bottom there.
0: Yeah, okay. And the one thing that I have to say about my list is I am I made my list operating under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be with the Packers. So I do well, not have that's the Packers
1: a dumb assumption.
0: Well, I just I put I put it I put it there because I felt like if I now I can throw them in like at the end of it after I read my list, I can say where I would put them. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But I just made it just totally discounting the Packers because I, because I don't honestly know where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. And if he ends mm-hmm. up somewhere else, like if he ends up in Denver, first of all, that's the place that everybody's pointing that he's going to go. If he ends right. up in Denver, I'm not even watching the season. Like why would the Raiders even have a chance? Why would they play their games? <laughs> because they have
1: Derek Carr, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: He is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. But here's, here's the thing. I think for most people, and if Herbert plays better than how he played last season, that he's going to be the fourth best quarterback in that division. Um, Wait, what? And the, oh, Derek I, Carr will be. Yeah, Derek will be. The oh, God. Best. Yeah, I yeah. thought you just said
1: Justin Herbert would be. No, 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 Woo. no, no. no.
0: I, I, I heard somebody say Herbert is a sneaky pick for MVP. This season, I think he's a one to twenty no. Um, bet. Um, no, it's Josh Allen's year. Sh- he's a yeah. Well, he's a long shot pick, but it's not the worst idea. It really isn't the worst idea. Um, the Chargers did get better in the offseason. Um, yeah, but they're not going to draft. No, they're not. No, they're not. Especially if Rodgers goes there, and if Rodgers goes to the Broncos, then I would vault the Broncos easily into the top ten. And the Broncos are not in the top ten for me mm-hmm. right now. So. I, I'm totally discounting where Aaron Rodgers is going so, to play. I'm just pretending he's not there.
1: So you're assuming that Aaron Rodgers retires pretty much.
0: I guess. Because I'm not putting <laughs> him on the Broncos and I'm not putting yeah. him on the Packers. <laughs> so, he's just not
1: under contract anymore. Yeah, he's
0: yeah, he's hosting Jeopardy.
1: <laughs> All right, so give me, give me number 10.
0: Number 10, um, I put the Seahawks at number 10. And I almost left them out um, of the top 10. I don't. They only. How many people did they draft? I'm looking at it right now. I think they only had three draft picks.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: their offensive because of the line Jamal
1: is, Adams trade and everything. Yeah.
0: Their offensive line is just. They really didn't address it. Um, they got and, one guy. I
1: thought. Didn't they get?
0: Um, I think. Yeah. Dave I think Jackson they may have one. Yeah. Um, but again, the C- Seahawks are. First of all, they're not the best team in their division. They're not. Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna say that they're the third best team in their division.
1: Jason, um, let's go. I'm I've, hoping I'm hoping you put another team above them that I like.
0: Uh no, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, not about that Arizona thing. Yeah, and I'm looking I'm looking at sort of my list and I'm gonna I'm gonna move move some things around because Oh good. I think the more that I look at it, the I think that's probably how it's going to shake out. So, um, I put the Seahawks at number ten, and I really I thought about putting the Colts there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about putting Tennessee there, Miami maybe, mm-hmm. but ultimately I just trust Russell Wilson more than I trust the other quarterbacks of the teams that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I put the Seahawks at ten. Yeah,
1: no shit. I definitely was. Uh... Thinking of them too, they're definitely in that that lower area. Um, yeah. I put the Chargers at ten. I just oh, think they yeah. answered they answered all their needs um, this off season, and they really had. I mean, seven and nine last year with a rookie quarterback who. Just think, if he started the entire year, maybe they could have gotten a couple more wins. And now they're presumably healthy. <laughs> they're getting Derwin James. So I think every year since his rookie year the chargers have been like oh we're getting derwin james back this year and
0: they just keeps getting injured
1: yeah. but the dude is like an all pro safety so um they're getting Joey bosa back healthy uh they addressed that offensive line totally with uh that left tackle and they added some pieces for that defense added some to the wide receiver core and herbert's getting to get better with a full off season so i think Chargers at 10 just based off of, based off of all the good moves that they've done this this off season they get rewarded at number 10.
0: yeah I, uh, I was really debating putting them back uh, putting them in my top 10. I actually left them out um, and I don't know if that was more of a I hate them. Or, uh, or just, or uh, or just, but I they were they were around like eight, 9, 10. I sort of thought about putting them in, and I elected not to. But yeah, so they drafted um, Rashawn Slater in the first round, and right. then they got Asante Samuel in the second round for a quarterback, right. um, which mm-hmm. is two things that they absolutely needed. So they definitely got better. They got a lot better through the draft. They addressed what they needed to address, and I'm actually I'm on. Um, ESPN's, uh, go ahead.
1: They got Corey Lindsley, didn't they, for the center, too?
0: Um, I do not. From remember. The Packers. I do not remember. Oh yeah, Lindsley did leave. Um, oh, yeah, he did leave. That is right. Yeah, he is on the Chargers. Um, oh my gosh, good
1: thing someone's carrying this freaking program. Sorry, oh, whatever.
0: <laughs> um, I'm looking. I'm looking at the uh, at NFL.com. And they have the rankings of who had the best draft, and they actually ranked uh-huh. the Chargers as having the second best draft.
1: Yeah, um, every everyone graded their draft really highly.
0: Yeah. So, I, and plus, you look back at their schedule, they lost like every game last year by like two points. It was like every single week they were barely losing these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to close out the season, they won four straight. So they beat the Falcons, they beat the Raiders, they beat the Broncos, uh, and they beat the Chiefs. Now, I know the Chiefs were arresting everybody, but still. Right. Um, so, yeah, Chargers, Chargers. if they finish in the top ten uh, just for the league, I wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, mm-hmm. At night, I put the Titans. I still think that the Titans are going to be good. I know that they lost um, Corey Davis, but they still have Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown. And I think when you have Derrick Henry... Uh, and Ryan Tannehill um, running your ship. I think you guys. I think they're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played really well last year. They didn't lose a ton of people. Um, Ooh, so
1: that's uh, how wrong of a statement that is. They they lost every single their secondary. They either cut or just let go.
0: Well, I was more talking about the offense. I I wasn't going to. So they, up lost, the um, they <laughs> lost. They lost.
1: They lost. Giannis Smith to their tight end. Mm-hmm. He went to he went to New England. Yeah, yeah.
0: Again, I still think they're going to be fine. <laughs> I still think they're going to be fine.
1: For all those reasons, they are not in my top ten. Mm. Okay. I put again a little bit. Go to that. Go to that. Um,
0: that ESPN list of the oh, draft.
1: My... Who's number one?
0: <sighs> Who is number one? Yeah. Okay, so the Bears.
1: Okay, that wasn't who I thought it was going to be. So, I'm rewarding this team because I think they also had a really good draft, just like the Chargers did. And they were a tiebreaker away from making the playoffs last year, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Mm. Got a stud receiver in Jalen Waddle. Got a, the best defensive lineman in the draft, some would say. Um, What's his the- name? Jalen Phillips. Yeah. Phillips. Yeah. So, And then they got Tua, who's, again, going to have another year to get healthy from that hip injury. And then it's offense understood, locked in. The guy's got talent. Let's see what Miami does this year.
0: Uh, yeah, the only reason why I didn't uh, put them in there is because Tua is such an unknown right now. Um, and I, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if after week one, we're looking back at our power rankings and we're like, okay, well, yeah, they, they for sure deserve to be in the top 10. Well, that
1: defense is so good. It's a lot like the Niners in that 13 and three year where it was like, well, Jimmy G is maybe the fourth thing you bring up for them winning. And that's really what Miami has done for that organization. I mean, they have a great defense that is able to create points. And really create turnovers at a really high rate, and then they have a great receiving core now with uh, Devont, uh Waddle. I'm not Devontae Sanders. Devonte Parker and Waddle, and oh, and they have um, uh, what's what's that dude's name? That's now uh he's from the Texans. He always goes off. He's really streaky. He's getting suspended oh, Will for repeat. Will Fuller. They got Will Fuller added to that wide receiver core as well. So this team is just – it's loaded top
0: to bottom. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I really can't put up an argument there. I uh, Miami is uh, – I think they're poised to be really good. And they – I don't know if they're going to compete with Buffalo for the division. But, I mean, with the NFL adding another playoff team, and another week, then well, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Miami in the playoffs. So 9 and 10 of my list I didn't feel great about. From 8 up, I feel pretty good. Adam mm-hmm. um, Raid, I put in, you know what, they're the third best team in their division. But they addressed what they needed to address um, in the draft. I put Pittsburgh at 8, and this is going to mm-hmm. hinder, I will say, I will say, this is going to hinder on the health of Ben Roethlisberger. It, I I know I know that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the reason that they either win or they lose this year. If he is not healthy, Pittsburgh does not deserve to be a top t- top ten team. But if mm-hmm. he is playing well, Pittsburgh is has a phenomenal defense. They addressed what they needed to address in the draft. They got Najee Harris, mm-hmm. All right, And you know they were such a pass heavy team. Later towards the end of the season, they completely forgot how to run the ball. They got the best, well, some people would argue the best running back in the draft. They got another tight end in the second round from Penn State to count to be a counterpiece for Eric Ebron. So mm-hmm. they got uh, two offensive linemen from the third and the fourth round. And they addressed some more issues on defense as well. They have a very good defense, and they had a good offense last year. They just were one-dimensional, and that's really what hurt them. Not the fact that they were inept. They were predictable. And I think the, added, the, the Najee Harris is going to add that run, not only that run game, but he's going to add the play-action game, which is going to help Roethlisberger and just create a little more time for him to stand in the pocket and throw. I understand that this will hinder on his health, but assuming he's healthy Pittsburgh should be fairly good this year
1: they're not they're not in my top 10 that, um, I right. don't I don't think they make the playoffs next year um, just based off of how they just like you know teams limp at into the end of the regular season yeah they like you know you know Picture, picture like Hacksaw Ridge, like Saving Private Ryan, right? Like some some guy just steps on a mine and gets both his uh, legs blown off under the kneecaps, right? And then he's like crawling to safety. That's what Pittsburgh looked like at the end of the year. Yeah. That's how limited they were. And, you know, bringing up ineptitude, that's what they looked like here. Defense wasn't playing as well wasn't wasn't or they weren't able to carry this team and the inefficiencies that it had around it so i have um i have san francisco in at number eight i didn't want to overreact from what happened this offseason um if anything they so they they definitely shored up some spots they they uh re-signed trent williams they got um alex Mack for that center position so hopefully that o-line is gonna play a lot better they got They replaced all the guys that left for the running back core. They got Trey Sermon. Um, They picked up a couple other dudes. Uh, And then on the defensive side, they re-signed pretty much everyone. Um, So I just assume that this team healthy will be as good as they were a couple years ago. That's why I put them at number eight. Uh,
0: So I put them at number seven. I put the 49ers at number seven. I think – I mean, we know that this team fully healthy healthy is capable of – going to the Super Bowl Um, and assuming they have everybody back and healthy there's no reason why they're not going to be a top 10 team in the league if Trey Lance does come in and he ends up being what everybody thinks he's going to be then they're gonna be not only a really good team but a really fun team to watch as well
1: I don't think he plays this year
0: I he shouldn't he should not play this year but I've been hearing rumors that he is going to play this year from Um, like
1: no one knows though
0: Nobody knows, but from but I swear I keep hearing it on ESPN. People are saying he's going to play or they think he should play or he's farther along than, than people are initially thought. And that doesn't make sense to me. I agree. Are I these, the, are these the same
1: people that said uh, Niners were drafting Mac Jones?
0: Yeah, but we knew that. Well, nobody knew that. <laughs> <but. laughs> um,
1: like no one knows anything.
0: No, nobody knows anything. Um, obviously. But that's just what I keep hearing, and Mm -hmm. I feel like where there's smoke, there's some fire. I don't, again, I don't think that he should play. I agree. Um, They have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a very capable quarterback. You you went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy, run it back, see if you can do it again, let Trey learn, and then just bring him in next to you. There's no reason to rush him in. But, so if Garoppolo is their starting quarterback, and everybody's healthy, then they're going to be a really tough team to
1: beat. So I, the reason I put them at eight is um, I thought a lot of teams got better this offseason. I really think the Niners were returned to that level that they were a couple years ago. But since the whole league just got better, I think that's why they take a little bit of a step back. And if Trey Lance is what everyone thinks he is and he does end up taking over this team – I think they do have the potential to move up in this ranking past eight. But it's nice that – I think we both agree like this eight, seven, nine range is really their floor this year. Yeah. All healthy.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right. So – So I – Yeah. So I have, like, a, I have I
1: have I have Indy at seven. I think they did actually a really good job. I'm a believer in that Wentz will have success this year. Um, they've on that that offense. Um, I I think that, like Miami, their roster around the quarterback is so good and so stacked that I think they're actually gonna have a lot of this year. They're gonna be in the division this year and they're gonna be one of the best teams in the AFC.
0: So I think I do not have the Colts in my top 10. And the only reason why I didn't put the Colts in the top 10 and why I put, see, I was going to, it was either the Colts or the, the Titans. And I put the Titans in there only because, not because, like, I think if we get to the midpoint of the season and both teams are playing their best, I'm going to mm-hmm. say that the Colts are are better than the Titans. But the only yeah. reason why I put the Titans in there right now is because on paper, the Colts look like they're going to be a phenomenal team, but you know, it's completely brand new for all of them. Uh, having Carson Wentz there, it's a totally new for the entire offensive side of the ball and Carson Wentz is injury prone. So just I think there were too many unknowns for me to throw the Colts in there, but I agree. If if it all works the way that it looks like it should, yeah, the Colts are going to be. Um, not only are they going to win the, their division, but they'll probably make a, a deep run in the playoffs. They'll um, win a
1: game. They it, the AFC is so tough, dude. It yeah. <laughs> well, my
0: what do you see? One, two, three, four. From two to five are AFC teams for me. So. Mm. Um,
1: <clears throat> oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, because yeah. you don't have Green Bay.
0: No, I don't. Yeah. Um, so number six for me, I put the Rams. Now the Rams did not have a great draft because uh, they just don't what? draft people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their first, their first pick was Tutu Atwell, which was the number fifty seventh pick from Louisville. Uh, he's five ten. Pretty short wide receiver, but he um, does take the top off the of defenses. He's a good wide receiver, but I just say don't look at their draft because that's Oh, he's a uh,
1: he's a Henry Ruggs type.
0: Um, well, he's not 155 pounds. Henry Ruggs <laughs> is built bigger than 2-2 Atwell, um, but I think the addition of Matthew Stafford to that team is going to be is going to be huge for the Rams. Um, I'm I'm putting the Rams at six solely because. Of two things one they have a good defense with a with the best defensive player in the league yep. on the defensive side of the ball and then now they already had a pretty good offense and they definitely upgraded their quarterback spot so i have no reason to believe that the rams are not going to be a lot better i think matthew stafford is a top 10 quarterback in the league and he is going to prove it once mm-hmm. he gets to la and starts playing i hope i hope he plays as well as I think he's going to, because he deserved it.
1: So I had a, um, I had Green Bay at number six. Um, they were the top. I think everyone forgets they were the top team in the NFC last year. So I can't, I couldn't slide them down too far. I think this whole altercation with Aaron Rodgers will have um, effects on the team's play, at least early on in this. If he does end up holding out, even. Potentially, but I think he does end up playing in a Green Bay Packers uniform this year. Um, and they just really didn't get a lot better this offseason no. either. They, they even lost, um, I think they lost a couple pieces on their own line. They kept Aaron Jones, but uh, if they can somehow swing a deal for Julio Jones, which might be out there, uh, that would propel them pretty into, into probably the top three. Of the NFL, but yeah, I think that's they sit at number six for me.
0: Yeah, if I were if I were including Green Bay, I would probably yoink the Titans out, slide everybody down. <laughs> I'd slide everybody down and put uh, Green Bay at like six. Um, so, but obviously, I'm not putting Green Bay in. So, uh, number five for me is uh, Baltimore. I think they're a top five uh, team. In mm-hmm. the league, by far, I don't think I really, I don't think we really. Once we get to the top, like five teams in the league, there's not really much to say about these teams. They've been. Wait, the,
1: you yeah. said Pittsburgh was the third best team in their division, but you don't have the Browns in your top ten.
0: No, I do have the Browns in my top ten.
1: Are you joking?
0: No, I do not. Oh my not. god! Okay, I do not. I do not. Oh, I mean, okay. It's funny I didn't. I was, I was waiting to see how long it was going to take you. The, the Browns, okay, so you know what? You just gave it away. So, yeah, I have the Browns at four. The Browns are going to win that division. No way. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Dude, they're, the they're, Browns are they're even in my top ten. Oh, my! that is the worst <laughs> call ever. That is so, so bad. Dude, I so when I was, okay, first of all, let, let me back this up here. So you go into this 2021 draft class ranking. You right. go down the list. Cleveland mm-hmm. is number four. Why? Because okay. they addressed what they their weakness on their team. They addressed the defense. They drafted a phenomenal quarterback in Greg Newsome. And they got arguably the best linebacker in the entire draft in from Owusu- okay. koromoa from oh, Notre, okay. from Notre mm-hmm. Dame. So not only that. Not only that, but they – oh, my – dude, okay. Okay. That was their weakness. That was their weakness last year was their defense. They got better. They got better. And I genuinely think – you look at the game last year with them against Kansas City. Dude, they were so close. They were so close. Patrick Mahomes got injured. At the very end. No, he he got out and then they got closer. Oh, dude, no. Cleveland? That game was not close. Cleveland has one of the most talented rosters from top to bottom I oh, genuinely think God. that they are going to win that division Wow dude okay so here's the thing too you go on all these power rankings that I'm I looked at a bunch of different power rankings before I came on and I made mine because I just wanted to, to test the waters right on the on NFLs on the NFL just their power rankings uh-huh. Baltimore is 5. Cleveland is 6. They're right next to each other. You go on. I'll just go on. I'll just pick a random one. <laughs> um, let's go to Bleacher Report. Let's see how high they rank Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland's 4. Cleveland is 4. Let's go down. Did, Where is did I, Baltimore? Did I write those? Oh, 6. Did I, oh, did six. I write 6. That's right. No, did but you what write I'm those? Saying, no, but what I'm saying is it's not as it's not as crazy as you're making it seem. I think that's very high. No, no, so, no. so Cleveland
1: and Miami finished with the same record last year, correct?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And both of them had good drafts, but somehow Miami doesn't make the top ten, but Cleveland is propelled to four. Baker's How does a better that make quarterback,
0: and they addressed their what? And, and Baker is the better. Well, you can't say,
1: dude. Man. He's still a question mark. Baker's not like the. Baker is not a top
0: five, top ten quarterback
1: in this in this league.
0: I didn't say he was, but he's a better quarterback than Tua. And what I'm saying, what I'm also saying, is Miami was Miami was a well rounded team to begin with, and they just got a little bit better on the offensive side of the ball. Cleveland was a, a phenomenal offense. Cleveland was a phenomenal offensive team and a very subpar defense and they addressed their biggest weaknesses on defense. Why? I don't dude, I don't see why you're making it sound like this is some absurd pick. It's really not.
1: I think it's absurd.
0: It's not absurd. What's your 5-4? Oh
1: my god. It's
0: Cleveland Brown are
1: over the Rams? How are Cle- How
0: is Cleveland over the Rams? Oh my God! Just I'm, okay. I am my so I put
1: I put L.A. Rams at five. Yes, Stafford's better than Jared Goff, and that team that team is loaded. They're yeah. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. I put Baltimore at four, just because that. I feel like we're. I'm saying it for all these teams, but that team's roster is so good. They lost a couple pieces, but. It's the scheme that makes them so, so potent, and they're going to win that division, that AFC North division. No, they're not. <laughs> they're going to win it.
0: No, they're not.
1: And then I'll just go because I don't even care what you have to say anymore. I put Buffalo at three because yeah. they were the second-best team in the so AFC, and uh, they're growing. They added some more pieces on offense. I think they they um, really tried to address some needs on defense because that was the biggest uh downfall for them but that team is, is going to be so good.
0: Mhm. I put the Bills see, at 3 as well.
1: Okay, and then I'm curious to see who you put I I'm, I'm pretty sure you have it flipped than what I have it. I put Tampa at 2 and I put Kansas City at 1.
0: Yeah, so genuinely you could I I don't care who's one and two cuz I feel like these two teams are probably going to end up back in the Super Bowl again. Um I put Tampa oh, at god, 1. Oh god no.
1: No, what?
0: Well, no, maybe. No, seriously. Tampa's
1: not making it back. They, uh,
0: you know, I, I seriously think that they could. And the reason why is because, one, they're bringing everybody back. And, two, I mean, they're, literally they brought, like, every single player back. It's the same team that won the Super Bowl last year. And you, um, you look
1: at – Antonio, Antonio Brown is not re-signed yet. You can't say literally they brought everyone back.
0: Okay, well, who cares about Antonio
1: Brown? Anyway. B- Barring a physical.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, or frozen feet. <laughs> from uh, like Europe.
1: Wow, you're wow, you're just still stingy that he uh, moved on to bigger and better things. From the, it's lucky that he didn't uh, keep on that two year deal here, or he wouldn't be a Super Bowl champ.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, but the Bucks, like I said, they're they're pretty much bringing every single player back. And you look at the shortened off season that they had. Brady was learning and learning the offense, getting used to his teammates. Now they have a full off season. I don't see any reason why they're not going to be as good, if not better, because now they can finally work together. It was only once they got to their bye last season where they had an, an, some extended time to fix everything that they needed to fix and get and create an identity that they you know, rattled off all the games that they rattled off. I don't see why they don't pick up their momentum and keep going. And I have to give them the, the credit that they deserve. They won the Super Bowl last year, and they're bringing virtually their entire team back. So I got to put the Bucks at one. Um, I would much rather. I, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know who I would rather see win the Super Bowl. Um, because if I'm assuming that they both make it there, which I don't know. I haven't really put any thought into who's going to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. Do we want to see Dude, win that? Again?
1: That'd be a boring Super Bowl.
0: It would be. I. It, I'm not rooting for that to happen. I'm really not. I'm really not. It'd be, I, as,
1: it'd be as, really cool to see a team out of the AFC not named Kansas City make it.
0: I agree. If we had a completely different – if we had like Rams-Bills, that'd be awesome. Um,
1: Ooh, that would be a, a big game.
0: Yeah, Rams-Bills would be fun, uh, just for fun. Say Browns. <laughs> Browns-Niners. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so the Niners can clap them.
0: <laughs> uh, but somebody different. I, I You know and you it would feel- be
1: sick? Chargers Rams,
0: that would be fun. I, do <laughs> I, I, would genu- cool. I genuinely would be down for
1: that. That'd be so cool.
0: I would be down for that. That'd be fun. Um, I, I think I'll be rooting for Bills Rams, uh, Bills Rams Super Bowl, or a Bills Ra- I, t- I take that back. A Bills Ravens Super Bowl. I think that would be fun.
1: Wait, what a Rams Ravens?
0: No, a Bills Ravens. Oh crap. AFC title game. I'm sorry.
1: Are you crazy? Oh, okay. AFC okay. Yeah, I was like, AFC what are you I'm talking sorry. about? Yeah.
0: No, an AFC an AFC title game, not the Super Bowl, between the Bills and the Ravens, I think that would be that would be so much fun.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm with it.
0: Um and then like a Bills-Rams Super Bowl. I think that that would be a lot of fun.
1: Too bad the Niners are making the Super Bowl anyway.
0: Well, okay, sure. <laughs> um, so just to read off a uh, list, uh, top to bottom, I went: Bucks, Chiefs, Bills, Browns, Ravens, Rams, 49ers, Steelers, Titans, Seahawks. Sam, you had. Wait, so the the
1: Raiders beat the Browns last year.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and the Browns make it. In, wait, did the Browns lose to the Jets? Well, I don't. I don't know. I don't have their Didn't schedule they? in front of me. I don't know. I have don't have their schedule in front of me. How are they a top five team in the NFL? Dude, you're the only one. You're the only one.
1: I guess I'm the only one that's using common sense. Whatever. What are we talking about here? I thought read off your list. I thought Baker Mayfield was a bust. Read off your list. Um. Uh, I'll go. Uh, Kansas City one, Tampa Bay two, Bills, Ravens, Rams, Green Bay, Indianapolis, San Francisco, Miami Dolphins, and L.A. Chargers.
0: So the NFL's power rankings, just to compare uh, your list and my list to theirs.
1: I'm sure yours is a lot closer.
0: Well, from 10, it's the Saints.
1: No way. No way.
0: I know. I know. I was was surprised with that one too. So they went uh, Saints, Niners at 9, Seahawks at 8, Rams at 7, Browns at 6, Baltimore at 5, Green Bay at four, Bills at three, Chiefs at two, Tampa at one.
1: Wow, Green Bay's pretty high.
0: Yeah, they did put Green Bay high, and then yeah, they put the Saints at ten, which shocked the hell out of me. I did not expect to see how the, are the in, Saints in the top ahead of uh, Seattle. I don't know how the Saints are ahead of the Chargers or the Colts. Even I don't, I don't know.
1: You know who I was tempted to uh, to put in. Chicago
0: because
1: if Justin Fields actually turns out really good they could be I mean they made the playoffs last year Yeah, I was gonna
0: say people forget they made the playoffs last year and if Fields is ready to play they're a good roster they really are they have a good defense and they have some weapons on offense and if Fields does and yeah you're right if he ends up playing uh it, let's say he does what Herbert did last year
1: oh you can't put that no, but I'm, I'm not.
0: But I guess what I'm saying is, in that sense, he just comes out and he immediately starts to play well. Maybe he doesn't have to play that well, but if he plays somewhat comparable to that, I mean, the Bears, yeah, they'll be really good.
1: He goes for like 25 touchdowns, 3,000 yards, maybe 14 or 13 picks.
0: Yeah,
1: not bad. Yeah.
0: Um. So those are our lists for the 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 you know, early, early power rankings for the NFL season. And then we have one more thing that we're gonna talk talk about. It doesn't have to be the longest conversation in the world, but there was a bit of a controversy that took place on May eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Um there was so I'm looking at it right now and I I feel like you should explain it be- because I feel like you'd be able to paint what? a better picture than I would.
1: No, it's pretty common sense it's pretty self explanatory.
0: Um, okay, well, how do you pronounce this guy's name? German? um, I don't even know. <laughs> Again, with these, with these guys, I don't know where they're from, so. Just give them a nice nickname. I don't know, I don't know what, uh, what accent or what language I'm supposed to be trying to pronounce this in. Um, oh God, let's just call him Mercedes. <laughs> um. Because that's what it looks like, uh, and I you know, for the sake of not botching his name, I'll just give him that nickname. No, I think that,
1: I think that works.
0: Um. So anyway, plays for the place for the, the White Sox. Sox, and they were up big. I mean, I think I think they had scored like sixteen runs. Yeah, it was a Chicago White Sox scored a season high sixteen runs Monday at Target Field. Okay, so. Mercedes, um, at the very, very end in the ninth inning, hit a solo home run on a 47 mile per hour 3-0 pitch um, from one of the Minnesota Twins utility players who was who happened to be in and he was pitching at that time. So there was a big controversy over over the fact that not only did he, well, I guess there's more that he swung in that sense. And they were talking about the unwritten rule of being – of why you should do that and why you shouldn't do that. It was against a position player. You're up by, you know, however many runs at that point. Is it, you know, good good practice to be doing that or was it totally uncalled for? It led to a, a very big debate on ESPN. And we're going to talk about it a little bit here. Sam, you know baseball obviously a lot better than I do. And these whole unwritten rules of baseball. Where do you fall on the side of whether or not he should have swung or not in that situation?
1: Um, let's say let's say ten years ago, this would have been a hmm. hmm. You know, ten years ago, I feel like it would have been swayed like no way. uh, Yermine Mercedes should have swung at that. That pitch, no way in heck! Like that is just complete, never blasphemy. You kick him out of the league. That is so dirty. Yada yada yada. But now, like we're getting conditioned to where these unwritten rules are sort of getting tossed out the window in in baseball. Uh, we saw a year ago, Fernando Tatis hit did a similar thing. It was a blowout. Hit a homer off a three 0 pitch. Yada yada yada, and got blasted for it. He had, he ended up having to apologize. Um, I think it's ridiculous. If we talked about this a little bit off air, Jason, about the whole um, Madison Bumgarner thing, like he threw that that no hitter in a oh, short yeah, game, yeah. and we were saying, well, if that if those stats of that game count, then of course that should be counted as a no hitter, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is sort of the same thing. This is an official plate appearance where this this. At-bat is going to either count as an out, a hit, a yada, yada, yada towards this player's stats. And stats are everything for the MLB. I mean, it's how he's going to earn a contract, right? Not just based off of this one single at-bat. But if you take that that mentality into every single at-bat, then it's the right thing to do, right? So, yes, Minnesota threw out a positional player to be pitching – in this game in this blowout in this blowout game what was he supposed to do? What if what if the the roles were reversed and the pitcher was up 0-2? Does he just watch a strike go in there to be struck out just for the sake of getting through this game? No. So if you see a if you see a ball in an official game, you read it and you're like, I can hit that out. And then you do that, what is the problem? With that,
0: So I think the argument that was being made was that the other two players or the other play, I don't know if it was one or two, I think it was two, the other two players that came in before him and were hitting off of the position player um, that they just were like, you know, putting the ball in play and just letting and just getting out because it was Minnesota going, you know, Putting the position player in was, you know, raising the white flag, like, "Hey, we're done," um, you know, let, let's just let let's call it. Um, so I think I think the argument was, well, he could have just done that, but then the argument that I would make is, why does he have to? <laughs> um, and I, I'm I'm kind of I'm on I'm on your side with this too, and I'm on the I'm on the side of of the hitter. You don't you don't see this in any other Sport. Nope. You know, you don't see a team in the NBA, like, let's just use the Kings. If the Kings were getting blown out by the Lakers and there were there was still four minutes left, you don't see the Kings just go, okay, yeah, we're done. I mean, yes, they might put in their second and third string players, but those guys are still playing hard. There's right. There's a difference between, like, Minnesota – I mean, it's tough because there isn't really an example that you can use in other sports. But yeah. I don't know I don't know why ML why the unwritten rule of baseball is, you know, once you put in a position player, everybody just kinda like, Okay, let's just get through this this last inning, everybody we're done. You do you don't need to play. It's like well, Then why even have the ninth inning if you know that that's going to happen? Why even send the guys out there in the first place? That's what you should. There
1: should be a like a forfeit rule because that's pretty much what this is. It's like okay, guys, you won. Like we're putting in a pitch, a positional player as a pitcher. He's obviously not our first choice as a pitcher to get a like a lockdown inning. Like we concede this game. Why can't that be a thing? Yeah, and I liken it to you perfectly summed up like this happens in no other sport in it in a 30 point blowout for basketball where they have to play the last quarter our guys just suddenly not dunking not trying to shoot well even if they're up like that just doesn't happen or like a guy is coming down the final nine of a major in golf and then they are up by 10 strokes are they suddenly like you know guys i'm just gonna go for pars this whole time, like I am not trying to play my best. No, they're they're trying to play their absolute best because they're out there and it's an official thing. Yeah. So I don't get really where this whole thing. I think it's definitely, I think it's definitely the rules of the game. Because I will say too, if you're the white, if you're the the twins, right? Which I don't even know if the twins were that mad about this whole thing. I think it was mostly. Um, Tony Tony LaRusso, the White Sox manager, who was the one that well, got believe, the most mad.
0: I believe the batter got thrown at the next game. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think I think he got thrown at. I'll double check that, but uh I think he got thrown at.
1: Man, we got some grown men who are pissed at the dumbest thing.
0: Yeah, Tyler Tyler Duffy was the guy who threw at him. Suspended three games.
1: <laughs> Wait. I? Really?
0: Yeah. Minnesota Twins reliever Tyler has oh, been suspended okay. three games for throwing a pitch. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, there you go. That just shows baseball, like the MLB itself is actually trying to get these unwritten rules out. Because that, yeah. 10 years ago, he there's no way he would have been suspended. He well, probably would have th- gotten congratulated for it.
0: And here's the thing, too. if you, If you really don't want somebody to slam a homer off your position player don't put him in there don't put him in there but that's a tough
1: thing because you don't want you don't want your relievers throwing a lot of pitches in a meaningless game like like literally their their arms do fatigue
0: right right so in that that sense i would say there needs to be some i agree with you i think there needs to be some sort of forfeit rule if you know that you're if if it is determined that you were going to put a position player out there to throw 47 mile per hour pitches,
1: uh-huh. then,
0: then you, they should just be able to go. We're done. We're done, right? Because not only, because here's the thing too. Not only is it a waste of time, but I don't know. Let's say hypothetically you have a batter who has to go up there and bat, swings, and for whatever reason, when they're running to first base, pops their pop something. Like, just ACL, gone. Right. Like, people are still out there running around and moving. Granted, they're not running around at full speed because they have a position player pitching. But, again, there's just always a potential for injury if you're out on the field. So... Don't waste everybody's time and don't put everybody else out there at risk. I know it's a little risk, but it's still always there. <clears throat> and just have a forfeit rule. <clears throat> if you know you're going to do it, then just end the game. End the game. Right. Then yeah, I, I think the problem gets solved.
1: I don't know how logistically that would work. Like, can a manager really say we're giving this game up or something? Um, I think baseball. But because of the length of the season, it, it should be totally fine. Like it's one game in 162. Like it's really not that bad.
0: But I, I get what you're saying, but aren't you basically telling your team that we're throwing, that we're quitting the game when you throw a position player out there?
1: But I don't, I don't know how, um, say, say the, the twins get through that inning clean and then they have a big, like eight run inning on offense on their offensive side are they then trying to win the game or is that just uh, like, what is the protocol when you're on offense and your team is down by so much? Are you then trying to get in back into the game or are you also just trying to get the game over? I I don't get that. I don't understand that part. Um, I'm sure if we had like a a person that has played baseball at a really high level, maybe Charlie would know, or maybe, um, maybe even Ben might even know about those unwritten rules like how what is the formality of this whole thing well it's supposed to be solved
0: let me ask you if because i don't know what the base so and i i think this is how it is but i'm not 100 percent sure if the team that is winning is batting at the bottom of the ninth inning do they even do they even play that inning no okay see i was gonna say then if that is the – and see, I, I didn't think that they did, but I was going to say if they did, then it applies there. So I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm oh, not that's, true. Sure. that's
1: true. They have – they don't even finish the game. They even – they yeah. have that rule in place. Yeah. So why – oh, my gosh. They would just have to set it to where, like, both managers have to agree that the game is over.
0: Uh Yeah, so it would have to be – so if the team that was winning was bought, was batting at the bottom of the ninth, it would have to be, I guess, the top of the ninth Went No, or would it be no, the bottom you of the
1: eighth? No, 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 no. What? Wait, are you thinking about what it is now?
0: No, so I'm just saying, like, if – because they already have this rule kind of in place, I'm just saying, well – no, never, never mind. I, I, I would need to. I would need to really think about it more before I, before I felt comfortable putting I'd
1: an idea out there. I, I'd be proposing like it could be as early as the fifth inning, and a team is up by twenty runs. You're not coming back from twenty runs. If you think you can, then you won't propose. First off, you're not putting a positional player out there. If you think you can win the game, right? So it all be coming. Out, it would be all be subjective to what the managers are are thinking, if they can actually come back or not. And then the losing team can go over and propose to concede that game and just get a move on.
0: Yeah. So regardless of what the inning is. Yeah. If- whatever. Wherever it is. <clears throat> So if the manager is going, instead of putting a position player out there in like the seventh inning, right. they would go propose and just say, hey, you know, we're just thinking about putting, you know, our position player out there, you know, instead of doing that, we can just end the game and we'll move on.
1: So so it's like Gabe Kapler goes over to Dave Roberts. Hey, you know what, Dave, you guys are up. Obviously mask on, of course, you know, totally social distancing, right? <laughs> so it goes over Dave man you guys have played really well that Kershaw guy pitched pitched lights out we just don't have it today um i'm thinking that this game's over what do you think Bro- Dave Roberts probably in the lead up by 15 runs whatever it is and that they, there doesn't have to be a set run total because then there could be that well if it's a 10 run deficit they could have still got come back it's up to, it's like a boxer throwing in his team throwing in the white towel. That's what this would be equivalent to. Right. So, it could be wherever that manager feels that that mark for him and his team is. And then they would just have to issue it, notify the umpires, blah, 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 players come off the field, game's done, go tomorrow.
0: Yeah. I don't know, it's tough, because Mm. That'd be tough Does I mean, it I feel like you, does feel it like cheat?
1: You, does it cheat the fans out of a full game? I Maybe, but cheats, then I think
0: what it cheats is more so the players out of stats. You know, because you might get you might get a guy who hits. You know, they if they just forfeit the game in inning seven, you may have a guy who rattles off a homer in the eighth and the ninth. Um, but
1: but they're not even supposed to be hitting. That's what this unwritten rule that's is. That's true. You're not even supposed to be hitting like you're yeah, not even once, supposed to be trying
0: yeah once they put it in the play out yeah i guess that's why true. put him in a
1: position to do that
0: yeah that's true actually yeah that's true interesting
1: so i think well, the only the only argument is it's a lower it, it might have it might receive lower uh, negativity from the fans right cuz yeah. like what i just paid like 250 bucks for a five inning game. Like, that's not what I was promised. But it's also, you could also say, well, them throwing out a position player, you're not really invested at that point. So it's pretty much the same thing.
0: Right. No, I get that. I get that. Well, I don't know. But MLB, if you're listening, pay attention because we're just, we're throwing you ideas. And I feel like some of the ideas that we have put forth, definitely deserve to be taken into consideration so you have our numbers give us a call and, I think uh, that we'll...
1: should be um, put into place any sport too you know how a tennis player can <clears throat> retire in the middle of a in the middle of a match yeah yeah from the and just withdraw themselves from the tournament even if they know they're losing why can't and I'm, it's the same in golf too um, yeah. Why can't like a basketball team just say, hey, you know what, guys, we're done? I mean, it is nice that they get to send out guys that like a Kyle guy type and stuff like that that wouldn't normally play. But if they're so worried about injury, then they can just say, you know what, guys, we're done.
0: That's true. That is true. I don't know. And it's definitely something that I think the MLB will have to address because you can't have guys getting – I don't know it- – I don't think he deserved to be thrown at for that, and he still got thrown at. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, but we, uh, we do have to wrap things up. We just got to our hour and a half mark. So, um, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend. Enjoy some NBA playoff basketball. Enjoy the MLB and uh, enjoy winning the bets with your friends that the Cleveland Browns are going to beat the Ravens. You're welcome. Uh, Have a wonderful weekend. (laughs) Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week.
1: I'll take their under win total. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys.